There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, good evening, my friends. December is well underway, and uh, perhaps Santa Claus has arrived to Bay and Wall Street. Uh, last couple of weeks have been quite volatile. We saw some stability this week, a bit of an uptick in the market. Uh, so, yeah, perhaps Santa has arrived. But uh, let's uh, check in with our chief technical analyst, certified market technician, none other than Mr. Javid Mirza uh, with Canaccord Genuity. Uh, Javid, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you, Wolf? I am doing just fine. Of course, we'll let our listeners know that we celebrated our annual Christmas and uh, festive season staff party. Um, and it was really nice to uh, get back out and uh, see some people, wasn't it, Javid? It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, we were, we were blessed. And uh, we're actually at the El Macombo, a legendary Toronto venue um, that was shut for, what, almost two decades. And then a man from Bay Street uh, left Bay Street and went to Spadine Avenue uh, to rejuvenate a, a, an iconic Toronto venue, the El Macombo. Uh, friends, you got to go down and check it out. Uh, uh, get out there and... Uh, you know, enjoy the new world that we live in. Uh, but uh, it was great to see Javit. And of course, uh, what do I do at a Christmas party? I talk shop. And that's what Javit did. We talk shop. So it was funny because, you know, markets are art. They are science. Um, and a key determining factor for like or dislike uh, or, or, or being agnostic towards markets is something called time horizon. I say that because uh, I was saying to Javit, I think the Chinese market uh, looks like it's forming a bottom, and I think it's a good entry point uh, to go long and purchase China. Uh, I think it's a great layup. Uh, you just look at the charts, and to me, it looks uh, like it's forming a nice bottom, and for an 18-month investor, uh, I think there's 30% upside. Uh, Javid, your response to that statement at the party last night was what? I think you're at least uh, over. No, you said, no, 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 I'm interrupting you. You said to me, that's funny, Wolf. I went out and just purchased... Uh, a short position on FXI. Okay, Jeff, Jeff, you're, you're underselling the story. This, this is radio. We're going to have to get animated here. It wasn't just okay. a short position. <laughs> it was a three-for-one short position. Yes. Okay, so, yes. so please tell, tell the audience what you purchased, what the instrument is, uh, and what your view is, why you think China is an opportunity to actually go lower. So, um, uh, yeah, the instrument, it's just a leveraged instrument. I believe it's called Yang, Y-A-N-G. And what I would say here is, especially what's going on with markets, is they've been really choppy. And you brought up a good point just about the sharp move that we saw earlier this week, right? And the, the thing I want to point out is, in what kind of a market do you usually see those really kinds of, of sharp multi-day rallies? Well, you could see it in a bull market. You could see it in a bear market, depending on the level you're coming off of. But you're, you're, you're getting off, off track here for me, Jeff. I'm going to work you today, my friend. You're not getting off easy okay. with me. Okay. Um, <laughs> you, you purchased a short instrument, and it wasn't just you, you were betting against China. You said, I'm going to leverage up and, and buy a three-for-one instrument. Now, friends at home, don't buy these instruments, period. Don't ever, ever buy these two-for-one or three-for-one instruments, let alone short instruments, because they are derivatives. And as Warren Buffett said, uh, they, are, they are weapons of mass financial destruction. Uh, I repeat, they're loaded with derivatives, and they set reset daily. They're complicated. 
and, and the market can go flat and you can lose a lot of money just by the reset value because they're buying futures. I said they're complicated. Stay away. Uh, what I'm buying is the Chinese index, the FIXI, FXI. Uh, is this the large cap Chinese company? You get Tencent, you get Baidu, you get Alibaba. That's what I'm buying. Uh, simple, clean, pretty plain vanilla. But Javit at the party said, no, Wolf, I want to buy, what's it called? The Fang, the Yang, the, what's yang. the symbol on it? It's got a funny, how, how do you spell yeah. that? Yang, it's like yin and yang. Okay, Yang, Y-A-N-G. Uh, that's a short instrument that, that Javit bought, but he bought it because he thinks it, it is going to make him some money in the short term. He is yeah, talking the about next- a three to seven to 10 day Right. Exactly. Yeah. And right. No, no, but I, I, I'm going to jump in and stop here, Jab, because again, it, it's it, this is all fine and well. This type of activity that you're talking about. If you are a, uh, a, a trader, if you are a hedge fund, um, if you are very, very nimble and active uh, and able to execute and control your emotions on a very short notice. Um, Again, Hi-Fi Radio is all about building wealth, the way Jack and I truly believe it. I know you agree with us, Javid, because uh, you're, you're, you're all about the long-term cycle. You I'm about the very long-term, yeah. Very long-term. So, but it's ironic how you can sort of play both sides in the world. And again, as the show promo says, it's art and science, because you think the market is going higher over the next seven to eight years. You think the bull market yeah, continues until about 2029. And I really think exactly. that's what we need to remain focused on. Uh, so I, I, I want to, you know, push you around a little bit here for your seven-day idea because I thought I, I can take and throw out the window. What do you think of that, Javid? So here's what I would say. Like, uh, and the beauty of the work that we do with technicals is I'm sure you've heard of fractals. Oh, and fractals. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a powerful word, friends. It is. Fractals. And, it, it's and, funny. I, I, again, you, you know, you throw the word on the table. I want friends at home to, to look it up. And, Jack, there's a military term in this, and it's all about the spoke in the wheel that cost the battle because the spoke broke, the wheel fell off, and they couldn't get the cannon to, to, to battle. They lost the, they lost the battle. Uh, a okay. small little change. That's what a fractal is. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure you've heard of, like, you know, the butterfly effect. The butterfly flaps its wings in Chile, and there's a tsunami in Japan. But uh, the bottom line is with uh, what we do in terms of technical analysis, which is uh, something that's quite powerful, is that you can do the same analysis on a long-term chart using the same process as you can on a short-term chart. So just what we're seeing here in the short term, I think, over the next couple of days, I think China or that it has the possibility to go down. But the the key word I think you were looking before um, is speculative. So in the short term, you can speculate on the short-term price movements, which is what we're what I'm doing here. But in the long term, I would agree with you that I think we're coming close to a bigger bottom, not only in China, but in Japan, South Korea. So I look at a lot of charts every day. Globally, I look at commodities, fixed income currencies, and I am starting to see early signs that things are getting less worse in Asia. And I think we could see Asia lead us out of what we think is the next uh, four-year cycle reset, which we think is, uh, I honestly think there's a strong possibility it's underway now. And I think the rally we saw last week or this week um, was is a bear market rally. So when you see these kinds of really sharp movements over a couple of days, and we'll see what the price action says today. We started strong on the, in the morning. We could give it all up here. Okay, back up, back up. You said bear market rally. So you think the market in the last few days 
has ran up because it is oversold. And it's you use the word bear market, therefore you must be in a bear market. And again, you don't know until it's done. Totally so if, exactly. if, you're, if you're capable of calling it in advance, you're actually done a good job. So you yep. think we are actually in a 20% decline mode right now? I think, I don't know if it's going to be 20%, but all our work points to the fact that uh, a four-year cycle reset, which is typically around a 15% correction uh, in terms of magnitude, and that typically in terms of duration lasts around 34 weeks. All we, we use a variety of different indicators, and all of those have come to the same conclusion that we're in this high-risk period uh, over, call it, the next three to six months uh, where this would take place. So a lot of the things we look at, and you know, reading from our weekly note uh, this week, uh, Wolf, that we put out, we highlighted five indicators, uh, all from different, lang- uh, different lenses, different angles, and they were telling us the same thing. We're talking about crude and copper, we're talking about internet stocks, and we're talking about small caps, and the technical profiles of all of them are telling us the same story, and the story is that things are not healthy right now. Okay, Jack, um, I want you to go straight to it. Because uh, you share with me some of your thoughts for next year, and uh, they're they're quite intelligent. Uh, please share with the crowd. Yeah, it's been an amazing year in the stock market this year, Wolf. And I, what I see right now is I, I think that into year end, portfolio managers are going to be chasing returns. S and P five hundred is up twenty five percent, so I would not be surprised to see some of the stocks that sold off most recently, probably the tech stocks, um, be leaders into year end. But then as we transition into twenty twenty. Uh, I think those stocks may be the hardest hit. So I, I think that uh, you've got a constructive market into your end based on the fact that people are chasing returns and trying to catch up with their indices and benchmarks. But you also, Jack, are, are seeing then next year a period of rotation. Uh, you, you, so again, I want that, you to speak to what you, what you see, uh, Jack, on, on that front. Right. And Jack, and, and, and then that, Jack, and maybe, Jack, sorry, Jack, but I want you then maybe to pipe in after what Jack uh, shares with the crowd to see how that ties into your four-year cycle reset. Perfect. Yeah. So the four-year cycle, and I talked to Javid about this yesterday, was I was always looking at it as a you know, 10, 15, 20% correction. And truth be told, every year, you should expect to get a 10 to 15% correction. If you don't get one, that's abnormal. The difference with the four-year cycle reset is you get new leadership coming out of it, which was uh, enlightening to me. And I believe that will happen as well as we normalize the economy. So we just had technology stocks lead us you know, in the last half of this cycle. I think there'll be new leadership next time. Uh, and as Javid said, it could be uh, it could be China. It could be high quality stocks uh, that can. And what do you think it will uh, be, Jack? What do, you, what do you think leadership will be next year? And Javid, again, I want you to come to that. I one. think it'll be high quality stocks that can continue to increase their earnings in a higher inflation environment. High quality stocks. Yeah, there's, there's an ETF on that I've been watching. Uh, high quality. And it's actually been doing very. I think it's Q U A L Qual for quality. Uh, Javid, uh, give you 45 seconds before we go to break. Yeah, so one thing that I would 100% agree with Jack on is we've seen this rotation into mega cap, uh, like, you know, uh, the, the huge tech names. Um, and that's really been lifting the markets up while the rest of the market has actually been struggling if you look at most stocks. So I agree with Jack here. I think you'll see a rotation out of those big cap tech names. Um, and I can talk about some ideas from for leadership when we come back from the break. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, it's Hi-Fi Radio, show about money. Wolfgang Klein, your host, wolfgangklein.com. Any questions, 
Jack and I are here for you. Jack, of course, a portfolio manager as well uh, and helps produce this show each and every Saturday, which we bring to you on Global News Radio 640 in Toronto. More show right after this. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You better watch out you better not cry, you better not pout, I am telling you why, cause Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, let's go! A little bubble for you, and uh, as I was queuing that up, Javit, our chief technical analyst at Canaccord, who's joined us this evening, so he's actually drinking a bubble as uh, we're doing the show, eh? Look at you. Michael yeah. wants to make some money, and you're enjoying his uh, his uh, little bevy. And well, if we, I think we've played that for thirty seconds, that means he gets a little royalty clip for us <laughs> playing that tune as well. He's making money on all fronts. Uh, I, I share that with you just for fun. Uh, they talk about a Santa Claus rally. We're talking very short term here, and again, that's not how we look at the world. Uh, that's not how we build wealth for clients. We build wealth based on the long term. But it, it is always you know fun to look at the short term gyrations if you're a professional. Again. And friends at home, you really shouldn't do that. This is just noise. It can drive you crazy. Uh, it can be very toxic. You have to really appreciate what's going on and be able to think in the second derivative. I can't repeat that enough. You have to, for the most part, think in the second derivative. Wall Street summed that statement up best. You buy page 14, you sell page one. All put aside, is Santa, is Santa coming to town, guys? You think market's going higher between now and year end? And if so, how much? How many percentage points? Does the S&P 500 move between Monday and the 31st? Jack, Javit, your numbers? As you said, short term is the most difficult to predict. But if I was going to make a prediction on the, the Santa Claus rally, the seasonal strength, I'm going to say you're going to be up another 2% from here. Why not? Javit? I think it's going to be the four-year cycle reset that stole Christmas. I think we're going to be down 2%. Ah. I decided 2%. All right. The Wolfman's going to say we are going to be flat. I'm going to drive right down <laughs> the middle of the road. Now, you know what happens when you, when, you, when, you, when you go in the middle of the road? You often get hit by a car. Don't do it. Uh, take a position in life, my friends. Um, all right. Let's talk investing, gentlemen, because this, again, is how we build wealth. Uh, I did, I, I'm constantly going through charts. I'm constantly reading research. That is my job. Um, you know, I'm going to sum up. There are really only a handful of really, really clean companies. And I say that when you have a, a business that is constantly selling more products or services, and, and it tends to be the services side that offers, offers the best um, torque to investors, um, if they continue to sell more services, software companies, internet companies, and like, you know, 10, 15, 20% sales increases, oh my God, it, it tends to be Nirvana. And the, and the, the stock that comes to my mind that I found are the cleanest charts, the cleanest fundamentals were Constantly rising sales, constantly rising earnings per share, uh, good return on equity, good return on invested capital, share count remains stable, they're not add any more paper, uh, good balance sheet, little debt, solid management team. When you put all those things together, you come up with a company that, that, that I still call uh, Google. Um, oh my, what a, what a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous chart. And now, Jeff, you're talking about big tech getting sold off. 
uh, and it's likewise with Jack for the big rotation next year. Uh, Google, I, I continue to think, is, is, is an absolute cornerstone investment. Amazon just came to my attention this week. It's really has done nothing in the last 18 months. So uh, do you guys think that name sells off? Facebook, uh, now called what, Metaverse? That's a pretty clean one too, as is Apple. But Google is, is my standout chart. Uh, bar none of the 60 positions we hold. Javit, over to you. What are you seeing in the charts? Because you're always looking at charts, and that is your full-time position. Uh, talk to us. Yeah, so, I, I mean, the, these charts look good, and I, I do agree with you in terms of long-term investing, longer-term charts, which we look at, and, you know, weekly charts, monthly charts, uh, they look strong. But just over the intermediate-term cycle, uh, I think a lot of these names are stretched, but more importantly, if you look underneath the surface at the broad market, which we do look at, is you're seeing um, a lot of groups and areas have come under a lot of pressure. And one one thing I want to highlight is yeah, so sorry, uh, like what? Let's big. Let's get specific then. Yeah. So I, 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 if you just look at the sectors of the S and P 500 over the last month. Okay. Can you guess what the strongest performing sector is? Utilities, re, utilities, uh, staples. Uh, I'm gonna say those yep. two, perhaps. Yep. Exactly. It's utilities huh. followed by technology, and then real estate and staples, and then healthcare. And the offensive sectors are actually not doing well. Now, if you look at the chart of the S&P 500, that's not something intuitively that you you would think that defense was leading. But it, it actually is. And the reason is because technology, all those large cap tech stocks, because of market capitalization, make up a big portion of the S&P 500. Now, it's funny because you and I and Jack included, we look at history and when things like this have happened before and not many listeners uh, will have heard of the Nifty 50. But way back, late 60s, early 70s, you had 50 stocks which were go-to names, which you bought automatically, and that didn't end well. So I see something similar. These are strong names, strong companies, but right now we have this kind of overwhelming market sentiment. And I'll talk about Kathy Wood of ARK Investing. She uses a couple of these names as cash positions instead of going to cash. So I think <laughs> that's interesting because I so think once you get so many people using these and not seeing the overall risk since they are equities. I think you're, you're setting up for uh, some sort of uh, mean reversion or, or some sort of problem down the road. So I remember, I'm really bullish down the road, but I think over the next three to six months, I think you could see something, uh, some adverse shift from these stocks are bulletproof. I'm going to jump in there at Java just on the nifty 50 because yeah, the nifty 50 in the early to mid seventies, just as you said, the go-go days coming out of uh, the 1960s, high growth names like Xerox and Avon and those types of companies, they were must have owns. They did go down 90%, but if you held them for the long term, you actually basically matched the, the market return into the mid 1980s. So people don't realize that short term time horizon, they paid up for the growth. Stocks went down 90%. No one wants to see their stocks go down 90%. I'm not obviously recommending that. But people that took the long-term approach, they basically got the market return, um, like I said, into the uh, longer-term, I'll say, 10-year time horizon. People don't realize that. 
Yeah, no, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, we can obviously find out quickly. I think Amazon went down probably 90%. Uh, I think likewise with Cisco. Uh, there you go. Likewise with Cisco. Uh, and, and it's funny because uh, it's amazing. These the, the stocks in the early days, they always look expensive. Amazon in 2000, and I owned it and I traded it, uh, and I probably broke even on it. I held it for a very short period of time. Uh, I was uh, very, very green as an investor. Um, sorry, that was more than 25 years ago. Anyways, um, Amazon looked expensive then. It, it, it has continued to look expensive. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it starts to make money. Uh, and all of a sudden, it gets a, a, an E under the P. And then all of a sudden, it, it, it becomes less expensive and actually more attractive as the price uh, you know, does its thing. So it, it is very, very fascinating to, to see the history of these companies unfold. And again, companies tend to get taken out, taken over. Jack, you know the number of the nif, nif, nifty 50 names. How many actually exist today? You, you pulled the number out a few months ago and you mentioned it. I don't, I don't have that number in front of me right yes? now. Yes, what's your, what's your I, guess? Like I, said, I think two or three only. Yeah, it's, it's very few. But, but they, got um, yeah, and they, they were the leaders of the day. Over. They were the leaders of the day. And uh, yep. you look at uh, you look at stocks that decline. Um, just recently, look from nineteen or from twenty twenty. All the stay at home stocks, the meme stocks, um, Peloton, DocuSign, Pinterest. These stocks are down fifty to seventy percent. Um, DocuSign was almost down fifty percent in one single day. So a lot of the retail darlings have corrected. It's going to take time for them to base out. Um, I don't see any reason why anyone's going to want to own those stocks in front of tax loss selling because people are trying to get them off their books, not on the books. But, you know, maybe that is an opportunity going into the new year. Who knows? You know, it's funny that, uh, Javi, you mentioned Kathy Wood. Uh, what do you guys perhaps share with the audience? Who is Kathy Wood? Because um, she, she became famous this year. And a friend of mine said, you know, for, for the text to hit bottom, I repeat, for my buddy Jay Meckner said this, for text to hit bottom, Jack, he said, Kathy Wood needs to be vilified. And it's funny because she was beginning to get vilified in March. It went quiet. Text to stabilize came back. You're seeing her name pop up again towards year end. It's very interesting action right now. Uh, maybe I'll throw it to you, Javid. Talk to us quickly. Who is Kathy Woods and, and, and what's your take on her part of tech? Because, again, Google and what she holds are two different baskets of stocks. Like with Fang and what she holds are, are, are very different. Yeah, so Kathy Wood is a portfolio manager. She uh, runs a bunch of innovation um, uh, funds uh, that hold a bunch of these really high growth, uh, and a lot of them are concept stocks uh, as well. Her one of her biggest holdings is Tesla, and that really helped propel her uh, to, to fame with a big run that Tesla had. So. I, I, I mean, with the pullback we've had here in the growth stocks, and they've had a big run since the pandemic lows, and then they peaked out in January, February earlier this year. So I agree with what Jack's saying here 100% is that these names have been bombed out. People have been really hurt and punished in them, and they're going to be in the penalty box uh, for, for a while here. So what's going to pick up the slack? What's, what's going to lead next year, gentlemen? And Javid, also, we'll start with you. Yeah, so that's a great question. So although we're cautious about this four-year cycle reset, and mm -hmm. what happens is when the four-year cycle reset is the contraction part of the, of the business cycle. So um, this pullback or, or end of cycle that we're looking for is bigger than your typical, you know, every year you typically get, you know, like a 5%, two 5% corrections and a 10% correction. But this is something bigger because it's, it's a bigger shift in sector rotation and the start of a new cycle. So what 
the things that we're kind of looking at is either biotechnology, just innovation in, in general. And what was exciting was the sector, the four-year cycle we saw over the last uh, three plus years was, you know, electric vehicles, um, lithium, all, all those things related to that play. So we're looking forward to seeing what's going to be leading the next cycle. And we'll be looking for that as we come into the corrective phase, because what you'll see is some of those stocks are going to be relative outperformance. So again, do you have any expectations for what's, again, there's 11 sectors in the S&P 500, uh, financials, healthcare, information technology, uh, banks, real estate, utilities, staples, uh, discretionary, uh, industrials. I think I hit them all. So so of those 11, which which, which ones do you want to overweight uh, next year? Which ones do you want to underweight? And again, Javid's thesis is the market is set to correct sometime between now and the next six months. Uh, it could be sell in May, go away. It could be beware of the Ides of March. It could just be something out of the left field. No one truly knows, but it does make sense. Markets had a good move. Again, it's not a time to panic. It's a time to accumulate assets at depressed prices. That is our belief wholeheartedly. But uh, again, to get us through those next six months, uh, where are you best protected? Uh, what do you think yeah. would lead on a relative basis? Great question. So if you recall, I think we have the longest view of anyone on the street. We believe the secular bull market goes out to 2030. And the two sectors or areas of the market that we really prefer um, are information technology and biotechnology. That's ironic because, again, we have to head on here. But Kathy Wood is very much information technology driven. In many ways, we look for her to get vilified. Uh, rotation out of tech, yet you think over the next eight to 10 years, tech is still going to continue to lead. So short term, yep. you don't like tech. Long term, you do like tech. Correct. Yep. Interesting. Very, very interesting. See, change your time horizon and your theses can change. Uh, it's a fascinating world. Uh, Javid, I want to wish you a great evening. I want to thank you for your time this evening as always. Javid Mirza, Chief Market Technician with Canaccord Genuity. It's a treat to have a partner like him at our firm. Jack, we're very fortunate. Let's go to a quick break. Get right back to the show. Show about money, a show that we produce each and every Saturday for you. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Because if everybody here would know exactly what I was talking about. I'm talking about diamonds on the soles of the shoes. Welcome back, my friends show about money indeed it is jack and i want you to have a lot of it Uh, indeed you got a plan you got to work you got to save and you must invest and if you do that for 25 years consistently my friends you'll be successful financially uh indeed uh you got to live beneath your means every now and then defer gratification hard to do in this day and age defer Defer, defer, defer. The more you can defer, the better. Uh, That's how you build wealth and start early. Oh, my goodness. And if you haven't started early, uh, tell young ones around you, start early. Uh, There's so much information available to you. Uh, You can always contact us, WolfgangKlein.com. We we can certainly help anyone or tell anyone, advise anyone how to get started. Uh, Not a problem. Uh, But the more of us that participate, well, hey, the better the world shall be because we can then give back. Uh, Laura Barbadakis, our financial planner, uh, will an estate specialist, insurance specialist, uh, does a great job uh, sitting with our clients, 
talking big picture with them, life-changing moments, uh, adjusting plans, making sure that they're going to have enough money so that they never outlive their money. And it's funny, when in speaking about that, Jack was very proud. He piped in once and said, you know, none of our clients have ever ran out of money. Uh, and that really is a key, key, key uh, objective of planning. We don't want you to end up on the street. Um, we want you to have lots of stuff to put in your pockets, right? Lots of stuff in your pockets. So, uh, Laura, you know what I want to get into? Because people often forget that uh, Jack and I uh, also deal in the um, exciting world um, of life insurance. It's just a funny topic because people just, ooh, they cringe when they hear the word life insurance. But, you know, it's, it's a very, very powerful tool. Um, so I'm going to start to drill into it a little bit further because you're very good at it. Um, ways to use life insurance, uh, strategies that we can use to use life insurance to protect oneself from, from multiple aspects of risk, inflation risk, tax risk, uh, multi-generational wealth transfer risk, you name it. There's a lot of, so let's, let's go through the highlights. Uh, when you sit with clients, the, the top three reasons or insurance strategy that you think most people should take a look at at least once in their life? It depends on the stage of the life that they're in. So if they're young and they have a family and they have debts, then they would need insurance in order to uh, cover the bills should something happen to one of uh, the partners. Um, as they get older and they start accumulating money, um, depending on whether they have a business or a holding company or, or whatever, um, the insurance can be converted. Uh, initially, we start off with a term policy. That's when you need money when you're younger. But then we go into what's called permanent insurance. And those are really tax tools uh, in order to shelter money because uh, so, it can grow on a tax-free basis. And when it pays out at death, it's tax-free and it avoids probate. Um, another reason when we use also insurance is also for disability or for, for critical illness. Um, we often just talk about the life aspect, but disability is also important because uh, if you get sick and you can't earn money, um, that could be a problem because you can't sustain yourself anymore. So there's the life insurance when you're young, disability also in case something happens, and then it can become a tax strategy tool. Now, let's talk um, tax strategy tool. Um, give us a, a, a plain vanilla because the, 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 there's so many created products in the world of insurance and they are quite different. They have different nuances. But but let's get let's take it to basics if we can. Um, and let's talk about the most basic type of insurance that is to be used as a tax planning tool. So there were two two products. It could be either a whole life or a universal life. Essentially, what it is, it's a policy. It's permanent, so it has no expiration date. Usually, you'll be locking in your rate, and it's level throughout most of the time. What you're doing is you're putting money in that policy. Um, if you're overfunding it, you're allowing cash to grow in there on a tax-free basis. So it kind of becomes like a second tax-free savings account for you in a sense, um, where that money grows tax-free. And then what it also does is at death, because when we do our financial plan, we, we see, okay, you, um, that there will be some uh, tax bill. It covers that tax 
and the money flows to your beneficiaries tax-free and it avoids probate. So it saves you money while you're alive because you're sheltering money in the policy. So you're not paying tax on the growth of certain money. And then you get to leave more to your estate because it pays all the other taxes that could have come up because you haven't used up all your RSPs, you have capital gains from cottages, uh, you have a business where you want to pull more money out. Yeah. And again, there are a lot of variations on those two policies. Uh, Lara, when I look at insurance with clients, first and foremost, I want something that is guaranteed. Now, there's also a variable component to insurance. But if listeners are as conservative towards insurance as I am, uh, what is the most guaranteed vehicle available to uh, prospective uh, uh, buyers? In terms of death benefit? So, yeah. Uh, so in terms of death benefit, it, the UL, Universal Life Policy, uh, essentially what you're doing is you want, uh, let's say, a million dollars. Well, you uh, get underwritten for a million dollars and you are guaranteed to have that million dollars at death. Is that, a again, a term 100 or is that a dividend participation unit? Uh, again, there are so, a lot of different flavors. What's the most plain vanilla one? The plain vanilla, it could be a term 100. Uh, or it could be a, a, un, a universal life uh, with just, you know, you're just paying the premium. Um, and then you're just getting the, the uh, you're not putting anything additional money in there. So those are the, the, the two simple ones where you have a guaranteed death benefit. Yeah. I just had a situation um, whereby a, an individual uh, called me up and said, you know, business has slowed down. Uh, I got to stop my RSP contributions. Um they have another financial obligation recently taken upon themselves, which was an insurance policy. And, and that was a policy whereby they were going to pay for the policy aggressively in five years, overfund the policy with a, with a large amount of money each year for five years. And then the policy would be self-funding. They would have never have to put another penny into it, which is an interesting strategy. The issue I've had with those strategies is what if your financial circumstances change and you can't then support the policy. I've seen people walk away from policies, which is usually a big mistake financially. So mm. you've got to be careful when you're taking on these policies that you've truly gone through the due diligence of them. And that's why I say, I think listeners are always best to use a full service advisor that, that looks at their holistic picture, as Jack and I do as opposed to just going to an insurance specialist who does nothing but insurance. I want to keep talking about insurance. Again, it's a very important tool um, for wealth preservation, wealth creation as well. Uh, something that Jack and I always review with our clients. I like to remind listeners that we are licensed in this space, uh, and I think we can do a better job than most on the street at properly advising you uh, for how much risk management you need in your overall asset mix. We're going to take a quick break, get right back with Laura Barbadakis, our in-house uh, will and estate planning specialist. Um, Jack, of course, Hartle, my right-hand man, portfolio manager as well, uh, here for the cause. Stay tuned. Money. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, money. more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back, my friends. Dramatic, isn't it? Oh, so dramatic. Well, keep the dram in the theater. Um, you know, when it comes to money, when it comes to planning, keep it boring and simple. 
uh, and just keep doing it. That's the way to build wealth, my friends. That really is. It's funny at the staff Christmas party and you speak with the younger folk and, uh, you know, the younger folk can, you know, they like to take on risk. Um, and they t- tend to take on, at times, perhaps a little too much risk. And they, they, they lean on, well, I'm, I'm in it for the long term, uh, which is all fine and well. But, you know, in investing, rule number one, don't lose your money. And rule number two is don't forget rule number one. So, you know, in, in terms of speculating, sure, a bit of mad money, and you know, if you're inclined uh, and if you're, you know, in your 30s and you think you got the, the, the whole world in front of you, which you do, uh, you know, maybe 10 or 15%. But to, to go 30, 40, 50% of your money at that age in, in spec, I don't agree. Uh, I just don't think you need to do that. Um, but you do need to investigate. Uh, and you need to stay abreast of change. Uh, and the world is moving fast and it's complicated. And therefore, I believe you need to have great people in your camp uh, who are going to put your best interests first, uh, hold the, the 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 world of fiduciary responsibility to its highest level. That's exactly, exactly what Jack and I do all the time. So yes, we manage portfolios and we also develop financial plans with the help of Lara and our team. And part of those plans, we, we, we do an insurance review uh, to make sure that we have not missed any uh, p- perhaps or any potential critical moments where you're not properly funded. Uh, 20 years ago, I was dealing with a business owner and, uh, you know, independent, uh, have to self-fund everything in his life. So in speaking with him, I said, you don't want to have your business disrupted if you become disabled, if you trip and fall, if you develop a deadly disease, need a treatment and need a time off work, uh, who would run the business? Therefore, money would be required. And he bought a disability policy. And at the time, I said, you know, you're a healthy guy and the likelihood of you claiming on this policy is somewhere between zero and zip, but the problem, there is still a chance and we got to cover for the risk. But the good news is uh, if you pay a small premium, uh, you can actually receive all of your premiums back, or I think 80% of the premiums back. Fast forward 20 years, continues to be a very, very successful client of ours. And he said, hey, Wolf, I am no longer a business owner. I sold my business. And the insurance company handed me a $20,000 check. I got my premiums back. That was fun. You know, I felt happy for him. He got his money back. So really, it cost him virtually nothing. Uh, Laura, in terms of refund of premium, how much premium did you, if, if you buy that extra little rider, it's called, uh, how much of your premium can you get back uh, with a disability policy if you never put through a claim? Um, it depends. You can get up to 50%. It depends on them. But you are paying extra for that. I understand. You pay uh, extra for it. Uh, so, so it's 50% now. I think when he bought the policy, I think it was a lot higher. I think it was 80 or 90% of premium back. It was more than 50. Some of them have them like every eight years. If you don't use it, you get a portion of it back. So so there are different structures out there. There are. And again, and, and when you deal with a team like Jack and Laura and myself on these matters, uh, being full service brokers, advisors, we shop the market. There are a lot of products to comb through. Don't just look at the first product. So again, we do our due diligence on behalf of you to make sure as we understand your situation by going through our KYC form, know your client form, that we can offer you the most fitting uh, product for your situation. I, I can't stress that point enough because buying the wrong product can be so expensive uh, when you least expect it. I repeat, that individual who, who ended up buying a big policy and trying to pay for it in five years and after a year or two, they're saying, oh, how am I going to fund this? They, they, they're still okay, but it's getting tight is my point. We don't want to ever see you in a position 
like that. Um, Larry, let's go back to the, a, a whole life policy. They have changed. Um, but back in the day, one of the highest quality, when, when I, Jack and I see them, a client shows you and I a policy they bought 20 years ago. They say, hey, what do you guys think? And we, for most part, say, hang on to it. It's an amazing policy. Um, don't get rid of the policy. Keep it till death. It'll pay. It's good. Um, uh, so let's talk about dividend participation policies because they used to be the cat's meow in whole life insurance. Uh, are they still what they used to be? And what is the, 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 the primary benefit to such a policy? Uh, and I gave about 90 seconds for that. Well, I mean, depending on which company you, you're going with, they're playing a dividend roughly between 5 and 6%. So uh, if you have uh, some extra cash and you're risk averse, it's definitely better than a fixed income. Uh, product because you're not getting any interest there and this you're getting whatever on a tax-free basis. So if you're comparing it to a fixed income, um, it, it is definitely better. Are they still good? Definitely they're, they're good because uh, you have an increasing uh, death benefit depending on the dividend payment and you have increasing cash value that should you ever have an issue and you need to borrow money against it or use that money, you have money in there that you can go get. Yeah, it's that side account that tends to attract a lot of investors because you can, if you overfund a policy, you end up building, cause, so there's two things with insurance policy. You gotta pay for the insurance itself, but then because of the insurance act, it allows you to overfund the policy, put excess money into it, and that money can grow tax, for, uh, tax free and tax deferred as well. Um, and then you can at some point borrow against that money and therefore receive a tax-free income. A lot going on with, 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 the, with the products, I must say. The world of life insurance is, is complicated. Uh, and that's why, you know, Jack's licensed, I'm licensed, but we still go to Lara because she is the expert in this space. Jack and I are portfolio manager. We're darn good at that. Uh, if you have any questions for Jack or I, we're always here for you. Uh, stay safe this weekend. Don't drink and drive. Saw the police out last night. Good for them. Uh, stay sober. There's lots of alternatives. You know, there's Uber, there's Lyft, there's taxis. And the weather should be hopefully reasonably mild. My friends, until next week, I want to wish you a great one. Thank you. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.